Welcome to the eSuccess Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical world of Lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode number 168, we discuss the idea of employing a know-nothing black belt. Through our commentary on yet another 2009 i6 Sigma article from Aaron's Information Horde. If you're just tuning in for the first time, find all our back episodes on our podcast table of contents at esuccess-methods.com. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy. Just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. Hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm good, Aaron. How are you doing? Jacob, I am doing fantastic. Long time, no talk. I know, it's been a while. We are back. You know, I just uh, did a episode all on my own uh, last, well, last week, but maybe a couple weeks ago after I actually released this one, but um, I guess I gave enough of a sob story to people because I, I let people know that I'm kind of close to quitting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, gave, I gave enough of a sob story where a couple of people actually said, hey, don't quit. <laughs> they sent an email said, don't quit, don't quit. Interesting. Um, so, um, but, uh, it, yeah. so I apologize to the listeners if it really just seemed like a woe is me sort of story. I was just, yeah, kind of uh, being transparent about where I am in life and, you know, some of the things that I decided to quit, which, oh, I don't think I told you yet, Jacob, but then one of them was uh, I did not renew my ASQ black belt certification. Whoa, why? <laughs> what happened? You couldn't meet the credits for doing something? Mm, I kind of forgot and I missed the deadline and then it was like, okay, well, now you got to have to take the exam again. And then I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah. So I got some people who would tell me, no, you should really consider keeping it up to date. And then I got some other people say, hey, you know, maybe you don't need it. So that's kind of where I'm sitting right there. The question like, is, what are you, what are you getting out of it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is it. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was getting much out of it, but no, I mean, that's I'm, my I'm point still point. a member. I still got, you know, I still go, I still get invited to the events that I never go to, and I still get the magazines that i rarely read (laughs) yeah but you know i mean it comes down to the same thing like what am i getting out of it so yeah that's where i am but uh anyway i had listed a few things that i quit and podcast was almost one of them so thank you to all who actually uh reached out and um thank you for the rest of you for sort of bearing with my little sob story there but uh today we're gonna move on okay all right, so I sent you an article, and strangely enough, this article that I found was from 2008 in an i6 Sigma magazine, and it has a different title than the link of the same article that I sent you. So what was the title for yours? The Merits of No Nothing Black Belts. No and Nothing champions. Black Belts and Champions. The Merits of No, no Nothing Black Belts. It doesn't say Black Belts, but Belts and Champions. Oh, Belts and Champions. Okay. Well, this one says, The Case for Detached black belts and champions okay so so i'll give a little bit of background this one is written by carl d williams and uh just a little bit of backstory he's painting a bit of a picture when the first week of training ends each candidate meets with their assigned master black belt to plan future work and interactions on their projects project charters are thin and champions have not been assigned in many cases the mentors begin to question the black belt candidates to get additional details about the processes under study The black belts explain that they know nothing about the problem or the process to be improved and are from a totally different organization. Champions are also selected from areas outside the process being investigated. Big question is, why would an organization establish such a know-nothing strategy? 
and they give a bunch of reasons. So let's talk about some of these reasons. All right, let's go through it. So the concept, the concept again is the black belt and the champion in these organizations are from areas that is nowhere near their level of expertise or knowledge. Is that the premise? That's right. They know nothing. They know nothing, both black belts and champions. And this article is pointing out why it may be good. That's right. Okay. Number one. Number one to, I think this says, enforce unbiased analysis. Okay. Right. So, I mean, this this makes sense. So you stick somebody outside of, of their comfort zone and they say, okay, um, I don't really know much about this area. So they no longer have any preconceived notions and they are forced to rely on the data and rely on the local team of subject matter experts to get to root causes. Yeah, and I think this makes total sense, right? I mean, at this point, then they are, they have the complete carte blanche to mm. ask any questions or you know ask the dumb questions, as we always say, uh, just because they have no understanding and their first priority order is to understand why certain things are done a certain way or why it helps a certain way. So from that aspect, completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I do as well. And uh, as we'll go through some of the, I think there's a lot of overlap between these different reasons. There's only small nuances, but there's a lot of benefits that I can sure. see for working outside of of your normal work area. Okay. Um, so this other one is to eliminate preconceived solutions. All right, for sure. So this is one that I've been challenged with. So I'm, I'm in a deployment which does not operate this way. As a matter of fact, um, those green belts and black belts that are still with their day jobs, they're encouraged to do projects within their own uh, work Space. area. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, my battle is I've almost all of their projects say, oh, I want my green belt project to uh, automate something. this system. Yeah, implement, implement this, this thing. thing. We've already yep. decided we need to automate this. Yep, and, yep. Uh, well, you know, let's go back to the drawing board because maybe that's not the answer. Uh, that's the, the challenge that I have as a coach and the bias that is uh, the first thing we have to fix in the minds of most of the belts coming through a training. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of that. It's part of, hey, I've been working on this for so long. I really know what exactly is wrong with this, so let me just go and fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's, it's that attitude also or it's that, you know, I already, you know, I'm picking this project because I already know what I think we need to do on this. So let's just make it, let's just make it easy and get it done. You know, uh, that's typically what happens with the preconceived solution or notions that go on. Yeah, but you also have uh, potential pet projects uh, in this case. And you also have the scenario where I know the solution as it pertains to my particular skills. I already have an idea of how I, with my particular skills, can fix this. And I haven't asked anyone else about it, and I don't need to because I'm pretty sure this will work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. The danger. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this goes to the and this so this helps change that. Uh, the third one is to force full team participation. Okay. So I don't know. This may sound foreign to you, but in many projects, the black belt performs a large percentage of the work. No way. No. <laughs> no. It's like saying the project manager does nothing. <laughs> well, it's 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 like saying sometimes black belts do their projects all by themselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> Namely, their first one almost all the time. Or, or or even more than that. It depends on this is a big enough project for the business. 
and you black belt have been assigned to solve the problem so go solve it <laughs> right yeah we've sent you off uh, yeah. you're the you're the expendable resource here um, yeah. go and go and fix it yeah but if you're put in a situation where you don't know anything you you can't you have to rely on your team but you know i i i want to challenge that again because i don't think that's going to change anything it depends on the attitude or the the interaction of the team because again i am the chosen one to go solve this problem I am designed as the black belt who's going to fix this or attempt to fix this. Mm-hmm. And whether my team decides to work with me or whether I'm capable of pulling my team together to work with me, I, I don't necessarily think that has anything to do with having a black belt within or outside of it. Well, I guess that's true. But, I mean, you can't possibly be successful without involving others in this case. Maybe maybe you do. You still hold a lot of the load. Yeah. But you, you can't learn anything without asking. In that For case, sure. Right? But in, even in the other case, you can ask, and at the end of the day, you're doing, you're doing what you want to do. Even mm-hmm. in this case, you can ask, and you can collect all the data, and you can do everything. But at the end of the day, you can make the decision yourself. It's not like you're, you need to force others to make the decision. All right. So you're talking, because, you're talking about the difference of getting consensus versus uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about what the, you know, truly at the end of the day, the black belt's role is to facilitate Yes. Right. And and help with certain higher level analytics if necessary. Mm-hmm. That's truly the role. And if a black belt is capable of doing that uh, or has the skills necessary to do that, it doesn't matter whether, in my opinion, whether they know about the subject or whether they don't. In fact, if they know about the subject, uh, they can probably even challenge some of the misconceptions or something that's gone right. You know, that's happening. Right. Um, but that's not the issue what they're talking about here yeah no that's a good point the and facilitation is not really taught and i don't it's 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 just not um yeah. tools are taught mm-hmm. uh so this is a tool u- utilization or at least a um, process investigation but you're right it's not about team facilitation yeah i mean i think what they're saying here is you're because i'm the black belt who doesn't know enough i have to rely on the team to support me mm-hmm which is, in my opinion, the role of the black belt all the way. Yes. It's not that the black belt's project, they have to facilitate everybody else in the team to solve that problem. So I kind of disagree with this a little bit. But you don't think that being in, okay, no, I guess, but if you are in an unfamiliar situation, I, yeah, I think it would force you to have to not work out that muscle. This is where this is where I, I will rely on, hey, I have this person who's true. I mean, this comes down to team composition and everything else, right? If there's one vocal person on the team and I have a relationship or I trust this person who is the one who's only interested to solve this problem, I'm going to work with just that person's opinion because I know I can get it done. <laughs> oh, now I got to bleep the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. No, it's okay. But, yeah. You see my point, though. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't necessarily – I don't need to engage the entire team. I can take the loudest person or the most interested or engaged person and just go with that. It 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 is true. I have seen, um, especially where there's a lot of data. I have seen a lot of at times, even in an unfamiliar area, a black belt rushing forward, while the even if it's just like five S event, God forbid, got five S event in an unfamiliar area where they're, you know, making improvements without really relying on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's dangerous. It's uh. And it usually backfires. Yeah, so this one I'm a sketchy, but you know I'll go with it. I'll take it. I'll give it a a question okay. mark. 
All right, maybe you, you stay neutral on it, maybe? Yeah, no? yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, what about this one? To reduce turf protection. So uh, let's explain what turf protection might be. Sure. In general, in general, a lot of people, if it's issues in their area or if don't come digging in my backyard is a saying, <laughs> I know what's the problems in my area, let me do it myself. You tend to, you know, you tend to protect what it is and you don't want to maybe shine the limelight or uh, shoot be seen as you're the one having all the issues in your area. You don't want to draw any negative attention because especially with black belt projects usually get a lot more uh, visibility. Visibility. Yeah. That's the word. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I see this more at the champion level. Yes. Uh, I don't necessarily see that at a belt level because at the end of the day, belt is following instructions or following directions from a, cha- a problem or a challenge that exists that they're trying to solve for. I can, I can truly see this at the champion level, but um, even then, just by having a different champion in that place, I don't think the the turf protection because the the original person who would have been the champion would still be feeling that and could be that stakeholder who's now playing hardball or, mm-hmm. or just trying to just trying to basically bomb your project. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know. In my point, this is where we say right, like if you don't have the buy-in from the team, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. So by just having a different person in that role, I don't think that's going to change anything. Yeah, I mean, I could see this maybe removing the black belt one level from having to deal with the difficult stakeholder. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe that difficult stakeholder will deal with the champion that's from outside the group instead of, you know, dealing directly with the black belt. But then again, and, and it came down to this like the champion that's now outside of his territory trying to fix somebody else's territory. Um, and, and, well, let's get back to a lean term. I, well, a lean saying, I don't know exactly who said it. May have been Shingo, you know, the or Toyota, whatever. One of the, uh, they said the most disrespectful things one person can do is to fix somebody else's work area. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what this champion would be doing to his or her, his or her peer. So, there's that part. There's hey, I'm, I'm tasked with fixing your your crap, and then they can get some sort of collusion to say, well, okay, well, don't make me look too bad. All right, yeah, we'll work together on this, and and maybe they work through it. But really, that second champion who is outside of his element still has uh, an entire organization that they have to worry about. What is in it for them? What makes them want to fix somebody else's organization? There's nothing personally tied to it. I mean, forget that even if it's a champion or not, right? Like maybe it's a peer or somebody, but maybe it's not. You know, somebody's taking on this role. At the end of the day, champion is a role. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily a, a title or a leader or anybody like that. It's somebody who's fulfilling the role. Uh, but, you know, if it's a role, the the most important thing from the champion is to provide vision and direction. And if this new person who's coming into play has literally no context or no idea what this is about – then how are they going to provide any vision or direction? Are they totally dependent on their stakeholders giving them the vision and direction without no say or input in what they do? Uh, like, that kind of becomes harder, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't see vision and direction. Uh, tip, I mean, it is a role, but it's usually of a role of significant influence and uh, political influence at that matter. So um, I don't know. But vision and direction, I, I haven't really put it to that point. You wouldn't you wouldn't get to that level though. Like if this is a like you know think about it. If this is a person who is like completely different, had no idea on this area and space, that's why I'm bringing you here. 
like they wouldn't even know what the goal or what the target needs to be no. or what is what is realistic right like they wouldn't be able to set some target or goal for the team or milestones if you want to think of it from that way mm-hmm. like they're completely reliant you know yeah like they're they reliant on their fellow peers you're right or stakeholders fellow peers or stakeholders right because they wouldn't even know what what should the direction be or you know if the team comes up asking hey do we go down this path or do we go down that path this person mm-hmm. will have no idea i mean at yeah. that point what are they giving them they're just the the father figure for the team or the mother figure for the team you know when it comes down for serious decisions like changing scope or something like that you're right they, they wouldn't be able to provide any kind of direction yeah so so at that point what are we gaining by having this person from outside the group Jeez, Jacob, I was liking this article. You're destroying me now. Sorry. Ugh, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense in certain areas, and it makes sense that, you know, again, depending on how it's deployed, right? Like if it's a, if it's a central team um, that is a group of folks, you know, if you want to call the master black belts in our organization are the ones who are going to play champions for all projects, and they have mm-hmm. enough context, and they've been in the business for so long, and they are the people who are going to drive it. It probably makes sense, but it depends on how you deploy it. If it is somebody who has no idea, which is what they're saying, the not know anything or knowing nothing belt mm-hmm. and champion, then we have a, a different issue. But the turf thing, I mean, the turf thing is real. The turf thing, almost every champion I've had to deal with who is working in their own direct area, it's I've, I've, I've had to deal with it every time. Uh, no, totally. But my point is just by changing the turf is not going to, is not going to solve that problem. All right. Just right, by right. having a different champion. I don't know. Right. There's no, there's no shortcuts there. You're right. That's my point. It's not, it's not like we're firing the other person and say, okay, yeah. now we're just putting a new leader who has no <laughs> emotional ties to the existing process. Yes, exactly. Like, you are no longer the leader for this team. Let's change leaders. Now you're the new champion and leader for this team, so you drive this. Right. Yeah, if that's right. the message that's happening, then it's different. Like Here's a brand new, brand new manager for the team or a brand new leader for this team. Let's get this person's vision and the other person, you're doing something else now. Right. No, that's not what they're saying. Yeah, if that's how it's being pitched, totally agree. Because now it's, you know, it's the new boss's, it's the new boss's way or the new boss's wish. But if it doesn't seem like that's how this is being pitched. Right. I agree. You are listening to E6S Methods Podcast, brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com journey through success. Hey, Jacob, you remember when you used to work for me? Sure. Do you happen to remember how much money you were making back then? Yeah, I do. Yeah? And yeah. how much more you're making right now? I can do the math. And uh, how about that development plan that you and I put together during that time? Definitely gave me some perspective and gave me some direction on what I need to focus on. I found that useful. So far, I have a 100% promotion success rate for those people who are willing to work hard and were willing to work with me to create a customized career development plan, the E6S Pro Career Program. Three different levels. Promotion and pathfinding level, which is career planning, customized improvement plans, resume refinement, and interview preparation. The next level down is targeted for those people who are they're just looking to prepare for their next move. And because it really does pain me to see unemployed professionals, I am offering a level called Help Quick, a free one-time resume review and revision for those who are unemployed and in the Lean Six Sigma quality, engineering, project management, or science fields. So for anybody who wants more details and information, these can be found at www.e6s-methods.com slash procareer. And if you're serious about career advancement, contact me through the website. You'll be glad you did. I can watch for that. All right. To increase cross-organizational adoption. I can see that. 
But how would that? I, I don't know why. Well, I guess because the black belt and champion themselves are cross organizational. I guess maybe that's what they think. I mean, it's, it's, more, it, it's more about rotating them in, in and out, right, of different teams. Mm-hmm. So from that angle, I can share best practices that I leveraged with a different team or that I applied in a different part of the organization, and I can share that technique. And from that, you know, I almost want to call it best practice sharing at that point. Yeah. Um, from that aspect, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, I, I don't see it, though. I mean, I mean, just kind of getting back to what you were saying on some of the other ones, cross-organizational cross teams, cross-functional teams are a must. That's a discipline you have to have no matter where your project is. Um, uh, in, depending on how far you pull from other organizations, I don't think just having a black belt or a champion from a different organization and then using all the rest local folks, I don't think that's going to fix that problem. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. All right. So to stretch the black belt team, and in this case they're saying the project team is forced to use more of the Six Sigma tools and methods to investigate and solve the assigned problem. So I know in a previous episode we've talked about how this can be good and bad. <laughs> so, I mean, the good part is... Are you talking about the FMEA it, episode? Uh, not just the FMEA episode, in general, right? I forget which episode we covered it, but... In general, you're forced to look at more things or you're forced mm-hmm. to analyze things in different ways, mainly because you have no clue what that is and you have you want to see, you know, you know, even just try the different combination of graphs or interactions just to even see what what assumptions or what hidden things are going on in the background. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you necessarily, I guess this will force that to happen more because it all comes down to the black belt questioning his decision-making or anything else and wanting to cross the T's and dot the I's. Uh, But is that in best interest for the team? Right. So this, I mean, basically it's getting back to the preconceived solutions. And now Mm -hmm. uh, the the black belt, it's not really the team that's forced, but it's the black belt that says, okay, this is what people are saying. I better really look at the data to make sure that what they're saying is the same as what the data says. So, um, Let's do this. And it says, the 2004 study of, at a large financial organization showed that projects without a predefined solution use nearly twice as many tools. Yeah, it's really getting back to that preconceived solution. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, it, it could come down to also is it's a new black belt. So he or she wanted to try his training well and make sure they applied everything. That's that's true, too. And, and uh, I so, will admit that, you know, sometimes... I as a I as a coach say you know if this is a certification process project you you try have to demonstrate else. some competence I wouldn't do everything but you know where it makes sense but, like oh you know try this one now too no I totally agree. I mean you know when you're doing a hypothesis test you know make sure you're thinking of all the different concepts you know do you want to do a means test and a variance test just to see what's going on over there depending on what data point you want to analyze and see what the differences are mm-hmm. you might look at it at a percentage level you might look at it at a data points level you know see if that makes a difference. Yeah, I just don't think it stretches the team. I'd say maybe it stretches the black belt, but not that I don't think it stretches the team at all. It, it comes down to who is doing the analytics, right? So, I mean, this conversation should have if you have a bunch of opinionated people within your team, they should all be saying, "Well, I did this analysis using this data, and somebody else will say, I did this analysis using the same data, and here's mm-hmm. what results I came." You know, you you could almost have that happen automatically. You don't need to have the black belt do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You also. You're guaranteed that this is going to take longer, right? Yes. I mean, it, maybe you'll come to a more, uh, a better understanding Conclusive. of everything 
a better conclusion, more control, maintain the gains better, but it's going to take longer. Uh, it's only going to take longer if it's a black belt doing it himself or herself. If the entire team is chipping in, and if the entire team's dedicated to solving this problem and they're all working parallelly, maybe not. Well, say they're all from the same air, functional area and they all speak the same language and they all sort of are aligned already on a preconceived, say, solution, they, there's not much to discuss. Uh, and so, I think the fact that the black belt says, hold on, hold on, let's not go to a preconceived solution because they're in a different area um, sort of slows down that process. It would hope. Um, uh, increases frustration, though, uh, definitely in, in a team. Yes. Like, why is this yes. guy slowing us down? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why is Six Sigma so bureaucratic? <laughs> Why do we need to do this FME, Aaron? <laughs> because do we, have to, do we have to do all the rows, or can we just do with the first five ones and get over with? <laughs> hey, I said, uh, do you want to do it thorough or do you want to do it expedient? They said we want to do it thorough. It's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, anyway. so it's worked very well for me. Thank you very much. Excellent. <laughs> all right. To increase organizational knowledge. Now that I can agree, right? I mean, yeah. it, gives, it gives more context across the organization. You're, it, unfortunately, I would say that that's most black belts. Definitely a lot of master black belts. You need that organizational knowledge. You need to understanding how does things work across in different areas so that you can connect the dots yourself or rely on somebody else to help you with that. So from that angle, absolutely yes. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the the black, a lot of black belt organizations. They're kind of, and for some companies, the the, the only real uh, rotating call it leader, leadership development sort of program that a lot of companies have. You know, yeah. uh, where else would you learn so much about different parts of the company? Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. To keep companies fresh. Yeah, I don't know how that works. See, choosing black belts and champions from outside their home organization fits this bill and can provide many benefits. What? Change management leaders are always driving participants to look outside the box to make improvements in the Six Sigma. Yeah, that's weak. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess if they're pulling from a different part of the organization, then they're, it's, it's the same as increasing organizational knowledge. The knowledge. Um, but that doesn't force them to go outside of the company and, and continually you know, look for new benchmarks or anything like that. That's, that's yeah. a different story. Well, it depends, right? Well, in my, you know, it depends on how big the organization is. And if you have like departments that are siloed completely from each other, one side is doing completely well and the other side is not. And you want to bring things around here to mm-hmm. change the change the thing. Yeah, it's possible. But again, it can't be at one person or it can't be just the champion, the black belt who want to do it. You need to have a lot more buy-in than that, mm-hmm. or a, lot, a lot more support from that change management perspective. So right. I'm not sure. So I had a couple comments, you know, um, some of them we talked about, but some of them was like, well, what what, what are the risks? What are the downside of doing this? And uh, one of them I said, you know, this all precludes a certain type of belt with a certain type of skill set, not much variation, but uh, not all belts are comfortable doing that, working in an area of ambiguity, especially when they're first coming into the programs. They just like what this one says. I don't know much about this area. I'm really uncomfortable. I don't know how to fix this. It's, it's kind of like what people are often people are saying. And uh, you know, the message I try to give as a, as a coach is like, 
perfect. That's exactly what we want. Uh, but there's a huge, a lot of uh, discomfort from a bell, and um, this comes back to their facilitation skills and their willingness to go forward and something that's just so unknown to them. Mm. A risk of putting a black belt over their head, which I also have, I have seen this kind of situation backfire where a non-technical black belt was put with a highly technical team and um, they did not have good facilitation skills. They had good execution skills um, and Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't, it didn't work out so great. It ended up having to go to a different black belt who could, who wasn't, I guess, uh, intimidated by the technical jargon that was going around the room. Yep. I can see that happen. The black belt must also be comfortable with being the dumb one and comfortable asking those dumb questions like you mentioned before. And I see this as a total strength. You have to, I believe, this is like your best asset as a black belt. Be willing to ask the dumb questions that everybody else is taking for granted. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Projects will move slower uh, because of team dynamics. And I think the black belts, especially if they're coming from outside the group, they need more time or some additional time to be allotted for establishing credibility and a relationship with the team. So credibility, yes. Relationship with the team, that's quite, I mean, that, that comes down to the personality of the individual. The, the sad part is, can the black belt get going or start asking the questions immediately? Probably not. Right. So they'll need to be spending more time in the, in the work area or wherever that is, just to even get an understanding on what it is. So the initial like you know ramp up time might be a lot higher in this situation exactly yeah i mean i i was my better projects that i've had to work on i would take a lot of time to get to know people outside of the project context yes they know i'm there because of the project but uh hey let's have lunch together let's talk about each other's families or whatever you know let's get to know each other as people mm-hmm. um not just as you know a means to an end here yep and i already talked about this you know the the champions need a new reason if they want to succeed. Uh, they're no longer going to be pulling for black belt support. They're kind of just thrown in. I, I, I don't see... I could see this whole thing working out, but the champion, I think, still has to be part of the regular org. The black belt, yeah, um, some dis, some no-nothingness is, is good. But uh, for the champion, we just need the champion to be open-minded, and uh, but they should still be attached to the regular org, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a way around it otherwise. I, I see the black belt having to do this a lot. So in general, if organizations are, you know, in many cases, right, like, yeah, I might be aligned to a project where I am maybe not an expert, but I have some idea. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, I've been assigned to so many projects where I'm like, yeah, I don't know how exactly, but I'll have to figure a way out to get that. That's what they're trained to do. And right. again, they're trained to facilitate those discussions, not necessarily do it. And I think that's the... Or at least that's what they should be doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to push back on the word trained, you know, but uh, you're right. The the nature of the, the role is that they have to. Exactly. The, yeah, I'll say the expectation of the role is that. Right. Now, whether they're trained exactly to do that or whether that's how they're thinking about their role, that may be something needs to be clarified or evaluated. Yeah, so this is almost, you know, if we wanted to change the title again, uh, it's almost a case for a black belt, a, a centralized black belt resource versus a part-time resource in the local areas because that's kind of where the lines are drawn. If you are part of a a deployment group, Transformation Operational Excellent Group, the likelihood is you're going to be working in an area that is unfamiliar to you uh, fairly Mm -hmm. often versus 
if you are a green belt or a part-time black belt, having another job as your full-time job, you're probably going to work on something immediately important to you, which is how I started. I, I started off doing my first black belt project was on my plasma spray robotics process that I owned. And mm-hmm. the only thing I think that saved me there was I was the young one in the group and um, I was wanting to rely more on the data than what the older people in the group were telling me. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that's just because I was new, probably just because I was new there. So, And I was a da- bit of a data geek, So, and I found this stuff fun. Yep, I can see that. <laughs> the geek part? is it was... <laughs> The data geek part, yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all I, I have, Jacob. That. Anything else for you? No, I mean, again, you know, if I summarize this, I think in general it, some of these things are good to have, but the champion part I'm definitely not a fan of right. um, from being outside the business, just like you said. Ah, I thought we, were, thought we were so close to having one that we completely agreed with. We were so close, but no, this I mean, there, one... There, there were some, some, some pretty good ones in this one. I will have to give uh, Carl the benefit of that out there. But some of them, unfortunately, I can't. Again, right, this depends on how like Carl was intending to deploy this. So right. there, there might be ways on how this can be possible. It's just... It didn't. It didn't come out that way. You know, it's interesting when when I'm reading through these articles. It's almost an investigation into the frame of mind or the perception of the writer. Because, um, like you said, there there is a particular situation in this particular company that he was working for at the time where this might have been perfect, right? Yeah. Um, maybe not one size fits all in that case, but in in general, I do like the idea of sticking a black belt in some place that they're not familiar with Mm -hmm. I'm in complete support of that yeah alright thank you very much Jacob alright Aaron have a good one thanks everyone for listening bye bye thanks for listening to episode 168 of the e-success methods podcast stay tuned for episode 169 where we discuss the basics of a virtual meeting ain't no BB without IT don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes tap click done if you have a question comment or advice leave a note in the comment section or contact us directly Feel free to email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at esuccess-methods.com or on our website. We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then clip it in Clamor and share it. Don't forget you find notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. If you're not climbing up, you're falling down.